The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Messages of hope. Hi, everybody, and welcome back for another episode. I I'm always so excited about my guests and Jenny Sellers today. We just met face to face. We're looking at each other on Skype. You can't see her, but I can. And my heart just had this huge opening. I just love her energy from the second I saw her website. So we're going to chat with her in a minute. But first, let me slow down a second here. I'm all excited and share with you something that is so cool that happened yesterday. Some of you may know I'm going to be doing a retreat at Unity Village, my Holy You retreat, and I haven't done it in a couple of years, so excited to be some, seeing some of you in person. And I had an email yesterday from the COO, Chief Operating Officer, and President of Unity World Headquarters right there at Unity Village, and he said, Suzanne, we got word that some very strange things have been happening in the Unity Bookstore on campus. The last two days when the workers show up to open up the bookstore, your your books still right here are lying on the floor of the bookstore two days in a row and it coincides exactly with the two days when i really started digging into fine tune and hone what i'm going to be sharing with everybody at the retreat so i have goosebumps bumps just sharing that not exactly sure who's messing with the books could be wolf could be my susan could be carly who's in the book or the other kids in the book but i just love how spirit works So with that magical start to this, I want to tell you how I came to be introduced to Jenny. It's part of that big web of consciousness that all of us are part of. If you listen to my show regularly, you may have listened in when I interviewed Casey Gaunt. He has a son, Jimmy, across the veil and wrote a wonderful book about him. After that book and that discussion... Casey reached out to me and introduced me to his dear friend, Susan McNabb. She is a a wonderful helper for a bereaved support group, which we'll be talking about. 
Soaring Spirits is the name. And Susan has a wonderful book, A to Z Toolbox. We talked about that on my show. Then Susan reached out to me and said, I don't know if you're looking for anybody for your radio show, but I really want to introduce you to Jenny Sellers. She's just a beautiful soul and a wonderful energy worker. And I looked her up and I said, that is a good fit for the show. So this is how I came to know of Jenny. And I'm going to get to know her along with you as we bring her on the show now. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me, Suzanne. It is such an honor to be here with you and your listeners. I really am so moved that Susan put us in touch with one another, and I'm thrilled to be here. Well, great. Tell, tell me, remind me how you and Susan know each other. So Susan and I actually met through Soaring Spirits International, uh, which is a nonprofit that provides peer-based resources, programs, and community for people who are widowed. Um, Susan had lost her husband, Brent, I believe a couple years before my uh, the passing of my fiance, Cole. And we both attended this fantastic event called Camp Widow, which is held three times annually um, and during normal times. <laughs> and we met at our um, the Camp Widow event that was happening right down here in San Diego, where we're both from. And um, we became friends, we were volunteering for the organization together, and now we both have the distinct pleasure and honor of working through the organization to serve our widowed community. And so that's how we um, met, and we've known each other for years now. And so she has watched me grow through the healing transformation that comes with the walk through grief. And part of that for me has not only been serving our widowed community, which is a large part of my healing as well, but also this exploration into energy work that completely came straight out of left field that I never saw coming and never intended to have it be a part of my life. So that's how Susan and I met. Well, I, I just right away, I'm sitting here saying, ooh, she's very eloquent. She expresses herself so beautifully. This is great. I know Susan <laughs> knew what she was doing. And you're going to be able to help so many today because so many of our listeners are going through that grief process and want hope, which is our goal for this show, of course, messages of hope. And so we're going to be talking about what brought you into this field and how you have gone beyond hope. I know that there's a greater reality and we'll talk about the energy work. So you're young to begin with. And yep. why don't we go back to when you were engaged to Cole and how old you were and what you were like then and what happened? Yeah. Um, those are very loaded questions, uh, which will on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I know, which will set us up for a great conversation. So thank you. Um, it is so interesting, akin to the story you shared at the top of the show about the books jumping off the shelf. I, I'd like to start answering that question by sharing that um, when Suzanne and I were put in touch with one another and we decided this was going to be um, a part of our April, um, there were some dates that were thrown around. And one of those sets of dates was April 29th, which I zeroed in on because yesterday actually was the seven year anniversary of my, uh, of the passing of Cole. <laughs> and so it just has been so pertinent this timing, but 
Yeah, and you know, it probably is only because we only record live on Thursdays. Cole probably pushed us to choose this date and said, well, we'll just get as close as we can because I had no idea. I know, I know. And so I just was like, oh, that's the perfect way to walk through this challenging week. Um, Even seven years later, you know, grief, I tell people all the time, there's no finish line. There's no graduation cap. Like, it's just... It's it's something that we carry with us forever alongside the love that we have for ours in spirit. And so um, even seven years down the line, the anniversary of his death can be challenging. And so, uh, yeah, again, with April 29th, I was like, yes, that'll be the perfect way to kind of walk through the through the week. So, um, yeah, I, we met at work. Cole and I did um, many, many years ago and. It was a fast friendship. That's how it started. We were we were very close friends. Um, he was a goofy, lively, bright spirit that everything that he did just shined right through him. And I tend to be a little bit more of like a focused, driven, like logical <laughs> person. And so um, he brought out that side in me that was so important to me and we just fast friends um i'm curious what kind of work you were doing oh interesting so another another avenue to talk about we actually um used to work for the navy's marine mammal program down at point loma in san diego right yay yeah so uh, we were we trained marine mammals and and helped um we were contractors for the military but supported our military and the the protection of our um, borders. So it's a wonderful, fascinating career. But um, so we met at work and became very fast friends. And before we knew it, the friendship was evolving. And um, we just decided that giving it a shot was what we wanted to do. And, And that lasted for probably four years. And we I call him my fiance. We were not officially engaged three weeks before his very sudden death. He actually died at work. Mm. Um, he drowned in the waters of San Diego Bay. Wow. Um, he was working the night shift and um, was in the water by himself. And nobody knows what happened. He was 29 years old. I was 31. And he went to work and he never came home. Seems unusual that he would be in without a buddy or. uh... Yeah, I mean, it's part of the training that they do. Um, If you were to think about some kind of a coordinated situation, um, likely somebody would be uh, in the water by themselves. And so um, so that's what he was he was doing. And so he just we don't know. We don't know what happened. He was fantastic in the water. He trained people how to do what he did. And there was some kind of an accident. And that's been a challenging thing in grief as well is to not know what happened. I mean, his body was healthy. Um, There were no indications medically as to any reason why he should have perished. So that was really challenging. You know, I was getting ready for bed and got the phone call that there had been an accident. It was time to go to the hospital. And by the time I got there, he was gone. So, Fine. yeah, um, no warning, no final words, no fighting. <laughs> um, he's just, he was gone. And so, obviously, the most challenging thing I've ever been through. Sure. 
Um, And we had our whole lives ahead of us, right? That's the other thing about grief that's so hard is that people on the outside of our experience don't always recognize that it's not just the person, you know, it's, it's the future. It's all of the secondary losses that come with great grief. Um, It's the going to the grocery store and not bringing home Brussels sprouts because those were his favorite vegetable. It's turning on the TV and wondering, gosh, how do I feel about watching our favorite shows without him? Yeah. Um, It touches our lives in so many different ways that it is a very uh, transformative experience in a lot of different ways, both positively and sometimes negatively. And so, and so that's been my last seven years has been walking through this life um, without him and figuring out through that what it is that I am feeling called towards and what I want my future to look like. So that's. Yeah, well, looking at your website in your biography, it says in an instant with Cole's passing, what you believed about the world shifted dramatically. So tell me what you believed about the world before and what caused it to shift. Because I, I don't know if you're talking there about suddenly knowing that he still existed or that the world suddenly didn't feel safe to you or what does that mean? All of it. But yes, uh, in, a, in a strange way, the world shifted for me. And this is what I mean when I say energy work and this side of life coming from left field. Um, I had been um, raised around religion, and that was a very large part of my life growing up. And I just had started questioning some of some of it. Um, and so when Cole died, I wasn't sure where I stood in my faith mm-hmm. and in being you know, in the belief of things outside, you know, working with in a, a very heavily science-based industry, we're, we're focused on things you can prove and things you can touch and things you can research and um, the proof that comes from that research. And so I was just in this space of not really understanding exactly what it was I believed outside of things that I could feel mm-hmm. and, and experience in front of me. And so uh, when he died, it sent me on this path of, wait a minute, I am experiencing him in ways, obviously he's not physically here. I was able to feel his energy, not initially, it took a little bit of time, but as I was um, walking around a corner in the home, I would feel him, like just huge waves of his presence. And I was Mm. like, what What is that, what? Okay. Yeah, I wanted to stop and and examine that there because so many people say they don't sense their loved ones. Not everybody has that experience. So can you put into words how you knew that that was his energy? Yeah, um, I think strictly because I was not expecting it to be something I would experience. That's a great answer. (laughs) (laughs) That when it did, it was undeniable. Um, It didn't even just happen in the home. I was um, supporting my brother on one of his um, work projects. 
actually in Las Vegas. And um, that that work project is incredible, by the way. He is a stutterer himself. He stuttered his whole life. And he was um, coordinating courses of support for stutterers by stutterers. And so I went to support him in this project shortly after Cole had died, kind of honestly to just give myself a change of scenery. And I was there with this, this heart centered um, program and on the strip in Vegas, I'm listening to these beautiful people express themselves vocally in such eloquent ways that they had not previously had access to Hmm. before taking this program. And I'm listening to this, I'm witnessing all of this and on the strip, our Coles and my song came on Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't even just like, oh, it's a sign he's here. It was, this is me. And there was this download of information from him that I was physically watching this thing play out in front of me and internally taking in information from him. And it was, wow. I was like looking around almost one of those situations where it's like, is it anybody else hearing this? <laughs> oh, Wow. Wow. So it's those kinds of things that just became undeniable that led me to look into some of do all you, of this. Do you remember the content of that download? Yes. And was it auditory in words or was it a burst and you just knew what he was saying? It was both of those things. It was auditory um, and it was the knowledge that mm-hmm. that this is real, that mm-hmm. this is him. And so the content was based around um, him being so proud of me for stepping, um, outside of my comfort zone at the time, it was still very early on after his death. Um, proud of me for supporting my brother in this way, um, that I was going to be okay as long as I continued doing this and following my heart. And I was just, I mean, I'm, I had already had a practice of wearing sunglasses on my head in public so that if tears started, I could just kind of flop them down and nobody would know the tears were happening. Mm. And so I flopped those sunglasses down. I'm on the strip. I'm witnessing this beauty play out in front of me, listening to them while listening to him and having tears streaming down my face. Like <laughs> Wow. Now, so many people, Jenny, have experiences like that and they immediately dismiss it as their imagination. Others have it and and ask in my classes and of others, you know, how do I know that wasn't my imagination? Mm, yep. And, and that's, um, that was present. That was present a lot. Um, so all of this led to me trying, as a way to explain some of this, I decided to kind of throw caution to the wind and seek out a medium who came very highly recommended to me by somebody that I trusted. And that first session with him was so eye-opening. And I felt really, really good leaving that session. But that feeling, that positive feeling stayed with me for about a day before the logic kind of kicked back in and was like, Mm. um, okay, that was really great, but... (laughs) And so I saw him on an annual basis and each time that positive feeling that I left with, that healing that I left with stayed with me for longer and longer. And it was during my third session that that medium said to me, you know, Jenny, this, this practice is not actually just reserved for people who are born with a gift. You can learn 
how to tap into this side of your life. You don't need me is what he said. Yeah. And I said, um, are you sure? Like, okay, (laughs) okay, sure. You know, okay. And I didn't really think anything of it. And shortly thereafter, I was taking, I decided to kind of just dabble in some of this and find some resources where I could learn a little bit about this. And it was through a group I was put in touch with who taught some of my energy work. Um, they said the same thing, like th- this, this can be learned. And then Amen. I heard it a third time from a completely different source. And I said, okay, universe, I hear you. I'm going to take a year. I'm taking a year And I'm going to turn off the logic in my brain, that questioning voice that you mentioned a lot of your um, clients and and friends ask about. I'm I'm gonna do my best to turn that questioning side off and I'm gonna give myself a year to see what this whole energy world is about. And it led me down this beautiful path. It led me to London to um, take a workshop from angel expert and fellow Hay House author, Kyle Gray. Um, and, uh, the angels, the angelic realm have been a huge support to me in my healing. Uh, I took, I ended up taking a mediumship course from the medium that had supported me and that was eye opening as well. Um, and just, uh, studies in Reiki, I'm a Reiki master and it just led me through that, that space and time that I gave myself. Hands down, one of the biggest tools in my healing was curiosity and following, giving myself and my heart the space to ask questions that I previously never would have asked. (laughs) Curiosity and following what? Uh, Following my, what the inner calling, what was coming from my heart space. Um, Yeah. Uh, So you're giving some beautiful practical tools to everybody who's listening. And I love that you, you, you can see the left brain side there. I'm going to give this one year. It wasn't even open-ended. It's like, okay, so you gave yourself an out, but certainly one year is more than enough time. Did you engage in any meditative practice that was new to you? Meditation in general was new. Uh, yeah. Uh, interesting tie to Cole there as well, though. Um, I, so six months prior to his death, I experienced sudden onset anxiety Mm. Um, and I found myself seeking counseling that I, it, I mean, seemingly had come out of nowhere through the work with my therapist. It was obvious that there were things that were kind of leading me to this path, um, which I'm so grateful I had her to support me through that first year of Cole's passing as well. But, um, Sounds but like a I divine had, setup. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> hmm. um, I had started dabbling in a little bit of guided meditation um, prior to his death. And in fact, the night that he died, the phone call came through from one of his supervisors, supervisors at work while I was listening to a guided meditation to ease me into sleep. Hmm. And um, meditation had become, as a result of that, it had become a big trigger for me. Um, It was an activator of my grief. It was a trauma response because that, the most terrible thing that had ever happened to me had occurred while I was listening to this meditation. So it became a negative. It it did in the beginning. Um, I could not 
I could not go back to meditation probably for a year to in a year and a half, which was really challenging because it had previously been a comfort. And so one of my support tools had kind of been stripped away and it was not for lack of trying. I would instantly hear the music and hear the the peace and the calmness and the voice and just tears and, and almost panic wow. um, because that phone call had come during a meditation. However, now uh, meditation is a huge part of my practice and I'm honored to be able to, I mean, I enjoy through my energy work, walking people through guided meditations myself. So nice. nice. And this is, this is so fascinating to me. And yet we haven't even gotten to your work with angels and the archangels. And we're going to be doing that in the second half of the show. But I just want to reiterate for everybody who's listening, the, the, the curiosity you say was key and being willing to set your left brain aside. Did you continue to work in that job with the Navy and your left brain work during all of this? So I had actually left the program a, a couple years prior to Cole's death, but I was still left-brained. I, I had taken a position working for my family's company who provi- who used to provide um, federal acquisition training, um, program and project management training. Oh, my goodness. My eyes glaze over when I hear I that. I'm so know. familiar with all those terms. So some of you, I just heard somebody out there saying, what is this all this talk about left brain? That's logical, rational, reasoning, analytical, all those those things that keep us from tuning into the right brain flowing and knowing state, the intuitive state. So there's nothing wrong with either one, but it's the balance that that really helps us to tune in yet still live our lives here. So sorry to interrupt you with that. No, no, that's I love that. And you're so right. That balance is so important. Um, You can't live all in one or all in the other. (laughs) That's right. So let's see. I'm trying to think of where we go for the next minute before the break. Do you feel, no, I don't, I don't like open-ended questions like or closed-ended questions like that. Cole, still a part of your journey now? Yeah, 1,000%. Um, so much so. Uh, I was in meditation before jumping onto this call, and um, he was he's, he's a huge part of this work for me. He is one of my guides. Um, he greeted me on a journey to meet my guardian angel, which is funny because this was never meant to be a connection to him. This was the way I was rebuilding without him. And he has been present so frequently in all of this for me. Which is, should be just so exciting for those of you listening who may be new to this and don't realize that you can form a new relationship with those who have passed. Yes, absolutely. Your relationship does not end, it changes. And this is a this can be a part of it if if your heart is open to it for sure. Yeah, so I want to come back after the break and talk about some of the signs he gave you in the beginning and then really let's dive in more to your energy work. Your website is grovesofzen.com. I love that groves of zen. Let me see. Hmm. You're a Reiki healer. Are you? Do you do any mediumship at all? I okay, oh. no, but I do receive information generally when I'm doing my Reiki work. All right. I, well, we're going to talk about that after the break, which just came upon us very quickly. So we're going to talk about the many ways to tap in and what Jenny means by 
energy work. So come on back after a few minutes. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Okay, we're enjoying a wonderful, love-filled conversation with Jenny Sellers, whose fiancé, Cole, passed from a drowning incident seven years ago yesterday. Jenny, you were working with Soaring Spirits International, which is a program for widows and widowers. And I'm curious, did you ever feel different because you weren't married, or how did they accept you, and how did they deal with those who... You say you weren't even officially engaged, yet your grief is, you were together for four years. So this was clearly a serious relationship. Would you discuss that? Yeah, and I'm not sure if I actually got this part of it out in the first part of the conversation, but three weeks before Cole died, we had the conversation that was like, I choose you, you're my person. Mm -hmm. And and then three weeks happened. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I was really concerned about that, about not being accepted into a space that provided the type of, um, resources and community that I knew would help me. I'm so pleased to share that Soaring Spirits inclusivity is in the bones of the organization. And so they do not require marriage certificates. They serve all widowed people anybody who has lost the person with whom they were planning on spending the rest of their lives. Oh, nice. And so I, they even had a breakout workshop for people who were not yet married. And I said, okay, these are my people. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Grief is grief. But it is different for those who've been with a partner for 50, 60 years. I do a lot of readings for people like that, but it's still, you were, at the stage when you started doing energy work, what was your state of recovering or the process in your grief journey? And how did energy work make a difference? Yeah, yeah. So I attribute two main things to being where I am right now in this space of being comfortable and looking forward to the future and all of that. First is is the community that I found in Soaring Spirits and the community that I now have the privilege of helping to share. 
um, giving back to community is, is, has been a huge catalyst for my healing. Um, and energy work showed up as that piece of curiosity that we, that we talked about, um, in the beginning of the show. For me, I tried a lot of different things. Part of, part of losing your person, whether it's a, a spouse, partner, best friend, uh, love, any loved one, but specifically with the spouse, you end up losing a part of who you are and like, wh- who am I? Who is Jenny without Cole? And that's not to say that I poured all of myself into him. I was a very individual one half of my relationship with him. And it was actually surprising to me to find myself questioning, well, who am I? What 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 are my likes now? What are my dislikes? Grief changes you. The process of going through the trauma changes you. And so you're left with this blank slate that you never mm-hmm. maybe even really asked for. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you do with that? And so I tried painting. I was like, I couldn't remember the last time I bought a canvas and <laughs> tried, I don't know. It was anything yeah. that would take my mind off of the pain. And um, what process was I in when I found energy work? I was probably about five years out, four and a half years out from my loss um, of coal. And I was in that stage of curiosity, of curiously trying different things to f- not to fill the void, but to fill the time and what spoke to my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So it and may feel like a void, but it's also a, a, a tugging at, at your heart from the soul saying, there's something more for you here. That's exactly it. And that little voice of there's something more here um, is exactly the way it happened with the energy work. So I was put in, t- or not put made aware of the work of Kyle Gray, who is an angel expert in his own right. Um, and he, his workshops, his courses, um, it started with his um, angel card decks. <laughs> um, really, I did a reading for myself using the angel cards and I was shocked by how spot on it was. And so I actually just asked my friends, I said, hey guys, I just did this thing for me. Does anybody else want me to try for them? It, it was really, it was powerful. <laughs> and, but yeah, before I knew it, I had friends asking and coming to me and, um, and to a T that support that kind of came through the energy. And it's not just cards. They're not just, you know, they're, they're not magic, but they are a physical representation of the energy that can surround us. So let's just pause for a second here. We've been talking about energy work, yet I would love to hear your definition of what energy work is. What is this energy? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I. It is my belief that we, as our physical bodies, um, we have four basic, four innate bodies that consist of who we are. We have our physical body, our energy body our spiritual body and our mental body. And growing up, we're taught about one of those. (laughs) And yeah, the um, physical. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're not really taught that like that gut instinct is anything but a gut instinct. That's actually our energy body conversing with the etheric energy that surrounds us. And so what does energy work mean to me? It's, it's how we connect with that 
energy that is always surrounding us. I mean, on all sides of us, above us, it's everywhere. And how do we interact with that? When we're not aware of it, that energy can become skewed. It can be out of alignment. Um, and through the learning that I've done, we're now able to, or I'm now able to tap into some of that and help bring some of that back into alignment. And it, it's again, the same message that I learned. It's not something that's reserved only for people like me. It's for anybody. Anybody yeah. can, can learn about the chakra system and, and how that affects our, our day-to-day lives. So, so the angel cards were a tool to tap into what? Um, to, to tap into that energy that was uh, around me that because I was so left brain focused, <laughs> having something physical that I could grasp onto and, and have a picture with to learn from, this is, this is somebody who I can direct my questions to about whatever it is using my voice with integrity, honesty, and compassion, or feeling protected, or um, helping with healing. There's all of this, this energy that exists around us, and we can tap into that. We can ask for support from um, the universe, spirit, source, angels, anything. I mean, whatever word, verbiage <laughs> works for you, um, it's accessible. So when you started feeling this connection to higher beings, were you able to differentiate their presence? Was it a knowing? How did it, how did it, that manifest that connection for you? For me, uh, it started with meditation. Um, I would be in meditation and because I was learning through the tool of the angel cards, you know, who these, what energies are available. Um, I started noticing presences in the meditations I was doing. Generally, they come to me as colors, um, is how I've kind of learned to identify and experience. And that tied that ties in with the chakra system. All Each of our seven chakras is identified by a color as well. And so this is that voice of there's more for you here. I started to see the interconnected nature of the work with the angelic realm with the work with the Reiki and the chakras and all of it is interconnected. And so, um, yeah, that for me personally, it was through meditation and the learning I had done and that question that comes still, I mean, nobody masters the left side. You don't get it doesn't always get out of the way, right? So still, <laughs> years later, I'm still asking, is this my imagination or is this real? Just ask the question, you know, and you'll feel the answer. There's an innate knowing or an innate sound or an innate vision or an innate feeling that will tell you, yes, <laughs> or yeah, you might want to rethink that. <laughs> <laughs> so has, how can people who are listening use angel cards, divination cards in general to help themselves? Yeah, I, I suggest there's a million different options out there. Um, the Oracle decks are a great resource, a great tool for tapping in and for, for start, it's a, it's a good starting place. Um, I do want to be just point out that I don't necessarily, I don't 
personally see things as like divination in the terms of like um, forecasting the future. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm more, it's, it's more um, a reflection of what exists in our energy field that we can call in should we choose to. And so uh, there's, like I said, a million different Oracle decks, a mi- books even that you can buy to read about all of this stuff. Yeah, However, I mean, you're naturally called to it. There's a, there's a path in it for you. There's a pathway forward for you. And what's fascinating to me, I just, we did an exercise in this in my personal mediumship plus course that, that we just did and it's online now. And it's fascinating how you can pull a card and it will relate to just about everybody, but in a different way, whatever they're going through in their lives now. The, yeah. the intuition helps you discern what's important for you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that is really important as you're going into it. If you have a friend or a buddy who you can ask for support, like, hey, I I learned this about this angelic being, or hey, I pulled this card and it says something about the moon cycle or something. I read it as this way. What do you get out of it? No. Right. That's what they get out of it for you will never be as powerful as what you get out of it for you. That's a great point. Yeah. So you do remote energy work. Yes. Why don't we talk about that? Yeah. Um, Remote energy work is something (laughs) coming from the skeptical brain that I, you know, that I used to exhibit. (laughs) Um, remote energy work was something that was just, I wrote it off completely. And, um, now I'm so blessed to have been able to open the space for that curiosity to allow this into my life, because what we're talking about here, the energy of the angels, the energy of chakra systems, all of that exists outside of our bodies. So we don't need to be sitting across the same table from one another to receive the benefits of it. And this last year, it could not have been um, more pertinent of a lesson to learn the power that comes from virtual connection. And energy work is no different. We're Like I said, we're dealing with stuff that exists outside of, of the physical body. And so we don't necessarily need proximity to help us with that. So we can do um, energy work over Zoom or over a distance um, in much the same way and with the same benefits as going to see somebody in person. And so uh, the importance of virtual connection really was a a huge thing last year. And I think it's just going to continue carrying forward. And it's such a great gift to know that it that energy healing is not we're not cut off from it because we can't necessarily sit across the table from one another yes indeed so you do multiple modalities reiki being one of them and that certainly can be done sure long distance yeah Yeah, for sure how does reiki help people on the grief journey because many people seem to think that reiki is just for physical ailments sure yeah i i um find Reiki especially helpful for grieving uh, because, oh man, all of the different chakras, you know, whether it's our root chakra, which deals with our sense of safety and protection or our sacral chakra, which 
deals with our sense of safety in the body, um, our solar plexus, which focuses on um, our motivation uh, to take steps forward, our heart chakra, obviously the love center and the, the, the house for our soul, um, our throat chakra, how we express ourselves, how we tell people the help we need, um, how, to, how to trust which people to, to ask for what type of help. Our third eye um, helps us vision cast and see through the, the, the curtain that comes with grief. Our crown chakra with um, really being able to open ourselves up to accepting some of this stuff that might actually sound a little out there to some people. Um, you know, that was just a quick route to crown synopsis, but you can see in each of those energy centers how grief would touch and be impacted by all of those chakras. And so when we can really spend some time honing in on individual um, energy centers or the whole energy system as a whole, through grief, it can be really, really powerful to just have that alignment come back into center. It can help us feel more grounded, more rooted, um, and more centered in side of the experience of grief, which, as we know, feels like a whirlwind cycling around us at all times. And when we're experiencing that, finding grounding is a gift, for sure. And that brings up a point that comes up every time I teach a mediumship class. And I have my own answer, but I love having guests on the show to hear your take on this. So many people say, well, I'm here to learn how to connect with my loved ones across the veil. Is my grief going to affect that? And if so, how do I get past that? What's your response to that? Oh, wow. Um, that's such a good question. Will will your grief um, cloud your ability to connect? Is that a good yeah. synopsis? Yeah. Um, uh, physically, I mean, no, it, it doesn't cloud the, the access is always there. Yay. <laughs> they are always there. Yes, indeed. It's a matter of us getting out of our own way and finding the space, even if it's just a small, tiny crack of light <laughs> yep. to, um, invite that in, um, that is where you can find them. Yep. So honor the grief process and go yes. through it. Don't feel that you can't connect unless you're happy and wonderful. No. And so you shove it down. Mm -mm. No, I'm, yes, I, there is a, a part of some of this energy um, community that, that is very focused on staying high vibe and if you don't stay high vibe you can't do you know you can't access this x y or z and for me one of our most sacred things in this life that we've been given is to be human yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we can't out um energy our our humanity and so um yeah being human and and honoring what that means and that means feeling the grief walking through it and it is not easy in any sense but allowing yourself the time energy and space to the only way through is through to walk through it and um there's no getting around it unfortunately <laughs> yeah unfortunately yeah we yeah uh, well on the break you were talking about your main purpose mm. would you encapsulate that for everybody it was beautiful yeah. 
Yeah, in my energy work, my main purpose, um, and I, I should also say, this that my work is done alongside one of my dear widowed friends, Mary Moore Hughes, and um, she brings aromatherapy to our business um, and Reiki as well. But <clears throat> our main focus is to be the space, the safe space for people who are in that same position of asking, what if this stuff is all real? Like, just what if? Hmm. And not knowing where to go to ask those questions or to learn with community. Um, that's what we hope to provide people on the energy side. Um, you know, my other main purpose in life <laughs> is to support our widowed community in the hmm. ways we do at Soaring Spirits. So there is a little bit of that um, they, they coincide, but they are separate as well. And so I'm, I'm, I have a servant's heart for sure. <laughs> what is, what is your main work with Soaring Spirits then? I know we touched on it, but uh, yeah. what's your specific part of that? Yeah. So I serve as Soaring Spirits global operations manager. So I, um, I help with the day-to-day -day operations and making sure that our programs are accessible to anybody who needs them. And um, it is a true joy of mine to be able to serve our community in that way. Um, again, you know, being that um, space for people who need support through their grief. And because I was the recipient of those programs, I can speak to them from a place of innate knowledge and how it helped me. And so, um, this is this is my world. You guys are <laughs> soaring spirits and and energy work. There you go. And that's soaringspirits.org, right? Yes. Yeah. For anybody who's widowed or uh, also it does not have to have been married in that in that main relationship, right? Yes. We just have about five minutes left, and you shared with me right before we began. This is a poignant time for you. Not only was yesterday your fiance's angel date. He passed seven years ago yesterday, but you had the passing of a beloved pet last week. How does that tie in with what we've been talking about here today? Because I know so many people can relate to that and are going through that right now as well. Yeah, um, there's such, it is so hard um, when we lose our, our pets and our, you know, they are family members. Um, and in this case, Katza was her name, K-A-T-S-A. Um, she was a husky, and she uh, she was 10 years old and um, just recently had three bouts of fluid building around her heart. And so she passed within 10 days, and um, her angel date, as you so eloquently put it, was seven days before the seven-year anniversary of Cole's death. Mm. And seven was Cole's favorite number. Oh, my. So I, I have no doubt that he received Katza with open arms. Yeah, I know. And there is there is comfort to be found in that in a way that I didn't experience with Cole's death because this wasn't a part of my life then. Yeah. And so it has brought great comfort knowing that he was there to receive her and that they are together um, and that it was so visible, his presence in her passing. I mean, we shared her together. She um, was a large part of our lives. In fact, the day he died, we took her to the beach to go on a run. Um, and so they are connected 
she is connected. I shall guide me in this as well. I'm sure she uh, was a part of my meditation prior to this show as well. So um, she showed up there for me, which was unexpected. Um, so I'm so grateful to have this well, to tell rely us about on that. So can. right before the show, you're meditating and you felt Katza's presence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So I go, I've created, you know, I go into what I call my healing grid. Um, and I, it's a space in meditation. There's basically just a wide open field. It's a meadow and um, whoever shows up and whoever is there to guide me um, is what I do. There's a bench outside where I set aside anything that I don't want to bring in with me, nice. knowing that I can pick it up should I choose to. Um, and so, yeah, she showed up, which was beautiful and um, so supportive. <laughs> uh, Cole was there as well as... Um, I was lucky to have the opportunity to connect with Archangel Gabriel, who helps with um, expressing your truth um, with integrity, kindness, and compassion. So, it's oh, beautiful. So, what do you think is the best way people can incorporate working with spirit or energy into their everyday lives? Um, first and foremost, be open to it. Um, and be open to it without expectation. I think, I think when we go into it with expectation of this is what it's going to look like, this is what it's going to feel like, this is what I'm going to receive. This is who I want to see. Um, and it doesn't always happen that way that we get disappointed, we get frustrated. And over time, we likely will stop seeking um, and limit you're limiting yourself to other things that you could not possibly imagine. Yeah, for sure. And so you'll, you know, you likely heard it, Suzanne. I said, I, I go into the, this healing grid and I see who shows up. I'm not, uh -huh. there was no preconceived notion that Cole was going to be there or Katza was going to be there. It's just, I am here, guide me. And if you can approach your spiritual work or your energy work or your everyday life, with a moment of that every day, that I think is the key for me um, that has been really helpful. Beautiful, beautiful. And one minute to go. So one final piece of advice for those who want to begin exploring besides the curiosity. Yeah, um, follow the breadcrumbs. <laughs> follow the breadcrumbs. The, the universe or, again, verbiage, whatever feels good for you, it will leave breadcrumbs towards um, an exploration in anything, whether it's spiritual, whether it's higher education, whether it's your career, there will be breadcrumbs. And if you can, again, be open to receiving those breadcrumbs, you'll be able to notice when they appear over time. Beautiful. Well, Jenny, it's been just a pleasure talking with you. I hope that people listening today, that all of you picked up a few breadcrumbs and made some connections with things going on in your lives and, and felt some, some hope for ways to further your journey. So thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you for having me, Suzanne. It was a true joy. I love that word, joy. May everybody, all of you, go forth and have a week filled with joy, and we will see you back here next week. Thank you again, Jenny. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.